Fab Lab Podcast. What's your role as you grow? Welcome to the Fab Lab, the stone industry's only podcast dedicated exclusively to the business side of your stone shop, where we focus on improving operations inside the business so we can experience more life outside of it. So let's get down to business. Welcome back to another episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Crowley. So glad to be tuned in with you today. Unfortunately, the guy you've come to know and love, Wes Rice, also known as my co-host, is not on the podcast today, although he will be producing and editing and making this episode available shortly. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't, he couldn't make it to the, uh, the recording, and so I'm doing this by myself, which is actually maybe uh, a, a better situation because the subject of today's topic is something I'm dealing with in real time, something I am experiencing at this very moment. Super positive, super impactful, and super relevant. And so since I can kind of speak about this just off the cuff, out of my heart, I think it's it's going to be okay that Wes isn't on the episode, but we do miss him, definitely. So what's the topic? What's your role as you grow? Well, if you've listened to the second season of the Fab Lab podcast, if you started at the beginning, I think it was episode 52, the train wreck episode, where I recounted my sudden return to uh, running the business as the owner. Uh, the next episode was the turnaround. The episode after that was the transformation, major shifts, major changes going on at the tail end of 2018. Well, well what's interesting is, is, you know, circumstances demanded that I return to the business and do whatever was necessary to try and get the company stabilized and to get it back on a firm footing so we could start making money again and continue on into the future. Well, in a blink of an eye, 15 months went by. Just like that, snap of the fingers, all of a sudden, it's 2020. January, looking back and going, wow, that was a, an interesting year. And looking forward going, what's this next year going to bring? If, if, if we don't bring some intentionality some some purposefulness to this next year. Um, 2020 is going to be over in a blink of an eye as well. And so in the midst of all this change over Christmas break into the New Year's, some pretty dramatic shifting going on in my role as the owner and in my role, generally speaking, in the company. Now, the fact is many of the employees in my company, um, if they sense anything at all, it's so subtle, it's it probably not even recognized. Now, my managers know that my focus... <laughs> Forgot to silence my phone. Where was I? So, so my back to my employees. Now, my my role is changing. It has already changed, and there are going to be some other things that are going to continue to change as this transition occurs. Not so dramatic from a from an outsider's perspective. You know, most of my employees probably don't even know this yet. Although we're going to have a company meeting next week, I'm going to share some of this. Um, my managers know, you know, how my work is changing, how my focus and what I'm spending my time on is changing. But really. These changes are happening first inside of me. These are an outgrowth of some coaching that I experienced, some questions that I was asked that helped me to really see some things that I needed to do differently and to begin to become much more intentional about this coming year and as much more intentional about my role in the business. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a subject I call the X factor. 
We're going to talk about three questions that you as an owner have to ask yourself before you start hiring people to help you grow the business, to, 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 to experience that relief that is necessary when the business starts to grow and the demands on your time begin to increase to the point where you can't get it all done and you begin to experience that sense that I've got to get some help. Where do I start? What do I do? That's the essence of this question. What is your role as the company grows? These questions are extremely critical that if you want to maximize your input, your impact on the business as the owner, you got to ask these three questions. So before we get to them, I want to mention a word from our sponsor, No Lift Install System. I know Lift Install System is proud to announce that they are going to have their own booth at the International Surface event. TICE, you know it's coming up here January 28th, 29th, and 30th, just about a week and a half away. No Lift Install System is going to have multiple units on display down there at the right at the heart of the stone working part of the TICE event. It's going to be fantastic. Multiple salespeople, the entire company is going to be there showing off the no-lift install system, the carts, the ramps, the rails, the entire package. They're also sharing a booth with Stone Pro. Little teaser here, they are unveiling an absolutely industry-altering device. Not going to tell you what it is. Probably at liberty to share what it is, but you know what? You're going to have to go to Vegas to find out. But anyway, no Lift Install System and Stone Pro are sharing a massive booth right near the entrance of the show. You gotta check it out. So if you haven't made plans to go to Tice, Las Vegas, the end of January, you need to do so. If you've never seen the No Lift Install System in action, you've probably seen the videos, probably been on the website, probably seen it on Instagram, maybe YouTube. You've seen it work, but you never actually operated a No Lift Install System. You need to get on down to Las Vegas at the end of January so you can touch it, you can feel it, you can see it operate real time with your own two eyes in person. And if you can't make it to Vegas, make sure you visit noliftsystem.com. Make sure you check out their YouTube page. Make sure you check out their Instagram. If you're not following No Lift Install System on Instagram, you got to get on there and follow them. Constant, fantastic content is being produced and made available by the team at No Lift Install Systems. So back to our topic, back to our episode. So really, this begins with a challenge that I experienced from three different people that I have a tremendous amount of respect for and trust. In a sense, all three of them were questioning the role that I am filling or was filling or had been filling at my countertop company. And they were asking me why I wasn't doing some different work. And it's very interesting because as I, as I coach other stone shop owners, as I have this conversation, and, and this is really where this comes from, a lot of times I'm, I'm experiencing the same conversation. Company's growing, the owner's stressed, overworked, overwhelmed, needs to hire help. And I always pose three questions to those owners to get them thinking about their own role. Ironically, I'd never bothered to ask that same series of questions of myself. And 15 months goes by, I find myself in a position going, how did I get here? Not only that, it's so obvious to these people that I trust, they're asking the question, what are you doing? Why, why are you holding on to these things that you're holding on to? And why aren't you doing some things that you really probably ought to be doing? Sometimes it takes an outsider's perspective. Sometimes it takes somebody showing the mirror to you before you can see what it is you're doing. So you can be shocked out of your complacency and recognize, you know what? My gosh, some things have got to change. So with me, I had 
step back into the, the role as the owner of the company, the manager of the company, the CEO, the leader trying to turn the company around. And so I had reassumed a whole bunch of the day-to-day management responsibilities, advertising, sales, pretty much everything came back to me, everything that my previous former general manager had been responsible for. And, and I adopted those things out of absolute necessity. And then 15 months goes by. Well, the fact is I'm not a great manager. I'm not, if you were to see my desk right now, you literally cannot see the desk. It is piled with documents, with magazines, with information, stuff from the IRS, my W-2 from our bookkeeper, magazine, I mean, my binder, my Bible, phone, stuff from the bank. I mean, it is piled so high you cannot even see the desk itself. I am not naturally organized. I am not naturally by you know, uh, uh, by inclination and instinct, a superb manager. That's why I hired a general manager in the first place, somebody to deal with all of the minutia, all of the details, all the stuff that has to be monitored, maintained, managed, and organized effectively, not to mention all of the people that need to be related to and communicated with on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. That's not my strong suit. At a necessity, I found myself back in that role, but all of a sudden, 15 months goes by and I find myself in this role going, I'm not terribly effective. I, I don't particularly enjoy what I'm doing right now, and I don't feel like my contribution is having that great of an impact. And I go home at the end of the day going, what did I just do? Like, what, what am I doing? And it actually took three different people asking me that same question, and it was the, the aha moment, like, oh my gosh, I have drifted into this series of responsibilities, these series of roles that I am not particularly well-suited for, and the results speak for themselves. And so we're going to talk about that today. The three questions I wish I would have been asking myself over the last maybe six months, maybe would have made this evolution and this change and this transition sooner, and the business would have begun benefiting from it even sooner. And hopefully you, fellow stone shop owner, if you are in a growth mode right now, if the demands on your time are increasing, if your stress is increasing, if your responsibilities are increasing and you're sensing, I got to hire somebody to help me do this work, you need to answer these questions yourself. And so I want to talk about the subject of X factor, this dynamic that exists with owners within their own business, this, this ability to come in and dramatically impact whatever area of the business they happen to be working in, the energy, the experience, the intuition, that mastery of various elements of the business, when it is applied in a focused and intense manner, man, huge changes, huge impact can be made by the owner. The thing is that cuts both ways though. You see, if an owner is engaged in work that they're not particularly well suited for, sometimes that deficiency can also be magnified. And if they have assumed roles that they aren't particularly well suited for, something that somebody else could be doing much better or much more effectively, then the, the impact on the business is actually magnified in the negative. They become a drag on the operation, a drag on the growth. And so what I want to talk about today is this dynamic. There, are some, there is some work, and I'm going to use these proportions, not that they're like scientifically accurate, but just to make the point, there is some work, like for me as a manager overseeing the details, the insurance, the sales figures, the advertising, the labor, the finances, the bank record. There's just 10,000 things 
maintaining my meetings with my managers, making sure they're maintaining their meetings with their, their reporting employees. That, that stuff does not come naturally to me. So after eight hours of, of, of management on my part, I would say there's maybe two to four hours of truly effective impact that has on the business. You turn that around and say, same thing is true for me as a salesperson dealing with contractors. In two hours of time, almost with my eyes shut without thinking about it, it's so natural, it is so easy, it is so in line with the way I'm made, I can go out and have a disproportionately positive impact on our sales when I'm applying myself in that role. Whereas somebody else coming from outside the business, going out to target those same contractors, they could spend eight hours a day and maybe get two hours worth of work. I can go put two hours worth of work into that role and produce you know, three or four times the impact as your typical individual. And so this X factor is a... It, is a reality in our business, and we need to keep that in mind as we begin to consider the role that we play. Is the role that I'm in right now the optimal role? Is the work that I am responsible for, the work that I am doing, is it having the the largest impact that it can have, or is it possibly having a negative impact? Have the responsibilities that I have assumed, in a sense by osmosis, without real, any intentionality or planning or purposefulness, have I assumed responsibilities and roles within the business that I don't do particularly well that are actually holding the company back? That's the place I found myself in. That's the place I am moving away from with very, very focused and intentional work right now to get people into those roles that I had been assuming in the aftermath of the, the train wreck so that I can be freed up to go apply myself to the areas where I make the biggest impact. And so, fellow stone shop owner, you have the potential to make a tremendous impact on your business. We just need to make sure you're in the optimal role, the role that suits you the best for the needs of your company. And if possible, to avoid getting sucked into doing work that you're not particularly well-suited for so that you don't become a drag on the company. Trust me. If you're a jack of all trades, if you're responsible for like a whole bunch of things, you have employees that are probably secretly thinking, if he would just let me do that, <laughs> the outcome, the results, the benefit to the company would be so immediate and so positive, he wouldn't have to do it, I could do it in half the time, and the outcome would be vastly superior. Trust me, you have employees who are probably thinking that right now. They may not feel free enough to actually say it to you. And so we're going to talk about those three questions. I want to get into these three questions that you can ask yourself. These are the questions I oftentimes ask owners in the coaching relationship, in that coaching paradigm. When we're talking about this subject, right off the bat, stop right there. Let's slow this down before we get into a conversation about who to hire and how to hire and what to pay them and what they should do and what they shouldn't do. Where am I going to find them? How much can I afford? Stop right there. You don't need to be asking those questions until you've fully understood where you fit in to the business and how do you hire somebody to free you up so that you can make the biggest impact on the business, not to simply alleviate that sense of pressure. And so we're going to talk about those three questions. Real quick, I want to mention, in the event that you'd like to explore coaching, visit AaronCrowley.com. Go to the Work With Me page. You'll see how you can engage with me. If you've just got a question, you can go to the Connect part of the homepage on my website, AaronCrowley.com. Just send me a message, man. I'd love to hear from you. And furthermore, I'm getting a little bit better at Instagram, Wes. 
is teaching me how to use that platform. I still only have one post on there, but I am beginning to understand how to at least respond to people when they reach out to me. So no matter how you want to reach out, whatever you're most comfortable with, the website or Instagram, I'd love to connect with you, love to interact with you. So now back to this topic, the three questions. I always challenge owners with the following three questions to slow them down because the same thing is possible. You can wind up by osmosis before you've even realized what has happened you can find yourself in a role that you're not particularly well suited for where where the work is difficult on your best day it's a grind and the impact is is marginal in some cases it's negative so here's the first question your business is growing you need help you know your role's got to change stop slow down and ask yourself this question And actually, even if you're not growing, even if you're not considering hiring somebody, even if you don't need help, you should ask this question because it's still relevant. Question number one, fellow stone shop owner, of all the work that you do or have done in the business, what is the work that you enjoy the most? What is the work that when you get to do it, You get that sense of satisfaction. You begin to look forward to it like, oh, yes, I get to go out and help on install. Or, oh, yep, I'm going to get to go out there and program the machine. Or, you know what, I get to go do another template. What is the work that, in a sense, turns you on, that you enjoy? When you're done, you're like, yes, I'm glad I got to do that. Or when you know it's coming, you're like, yes, I get to go do that work. Or maybe it's the work that you naturally gravitate towards subconsciously when there's other work that you probably should be doing. What is that work? What is the work that you enjoy doing in the business? Or business, you know, or what's the work that you used to do before your role changed the last time? That's very telling. That is telling you something about how you're hardwired. It's very interesting. About five years ago, right before we hired our GM, I went through a vast and very extensive professional assessment. About eight hours of tests, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of questions about the work that I'd done, the work that I like to do. Multiple interviews with this individual, guy that had a firm. He developed this career assessment program with IBM back in the 80s. It's very, very telling. And what the purpose of this testing was intended to, in a sense, expose was what are your hardwired, I would say God-given, but what are your natural talents, your natural skill sets, the work that you do subconsciously really well, you just naturally gravitate towards it. It's like you're hardwired to do this work. It also exposes stuff that you really probably aren't going to be that effective at. It's going to demonstrate um, where you should begin to focus your attention. It's very revealing, extremely eye-opening, and so that's part of where this comes from. And it, and, it, and it was very telling. They even brought my wife in for the final assessment, like a two-hour review of their findings, and then they, they ran those past my wife. We've been married for 21 years now, so it had been, what, 16, 15, 16 years at that point. My wife knew me reasonably well and could validate. In fact, it actually explained a whole bunch of things about why I'm such a hard guy to live with. It's like, wow, this all makes so much sense. Why I do some of the things that I do is because I'm hardwired a certain way. All of us are hardwired with certain inclinations, certain gifts, certain talents, certain things that we just enjoy. And it doesn't matter. The next guy may not find any enjoyment in that, but we do. And so it's very, very telling. If there's work that you know you like to do, identify it. Once you've identified that, here's the next question. Question number two. 
What is the work that you feel that you do exceptionally well? It's like that X factor kind of component. You just do this on a level that maybe nobody else in the company can do. Nobody else in the company has ever done. You don't know anybody else in your entire experience that does it as well as you do. Now, this may be part and parcel. This may be correlated with the first question. The work that you love to do might be the work that you do exceptionally well, but it may not. There may be work that you're, you know, you don't not enjoy it, but these can be different. But is there work in the business that you do is just obvious to everybody? My gosh, when he's doing this, nobody can do it as well as the boss in this particular area of the business. That's very important to understand. Here's one of the here's one of the traps. Here's one of the 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 risks. If you go down this road, you find yourself assuming another role, or you hire somebody that maybe takes over a role that you are really really good at, or maybe that you really really enjoy. And next thing you know, you're not doing the work that you really enjoy, or next thing you know, the company's not getting the benefit of the work that you used to do. And it can happen so slowly. It can happen so subtly that you don't even realize what's happened because it happens over time and roles shift and evolve and, 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 and move and change, sometimes too slowly to recognize it. And then you wind up one day going, God, what's changed? Well, gosh, you used to do this. Or you remember when you used to do this, how better things went? So that's the second question. What is the work that you are currently doing in the business that you do better than everybody else? That X factor impact that you have you just excel at a particular task in the business. Number three, question number three, what is the work that you do that has the most disproportionate impact, the most positive impact on the success of the business? Meaning that if you were to stop doing certain work, the business could not continue on its current course. It would suffer if you stopped doing a particular task or filling a particular role in the business. So why would we ask this question? Well, the success of the business is what we're striving for, but we also want to have success in our own role. So sometimes the circumstances in the business are going to dictate the role that we have. We may have to retain. So here's how these things work. You've got to identify these three things first. Once you can identify them, then you have a tremendous amount of clarity about how you plan to change your role going forward. You can do it thoughtfully, you can do it purposefully, you can do it intentionally with this in mind so that you don't inadvertently change roles that has a negative impact on the business down the road where you realize, oh my gosh, I should have never stopped doing that. Despite the fact that I didn't particularly care for it, I probably should have continued to do it. That's why we're asking these questions. Question number one of all the work that you do in the business, what do you enjoy the most? That is very telling. Number two, what is the work that you know you do exceptionally well that you would have a hard time finding somebody in the short term to replace you, to produce those same results? And number three, what is that What is that work that you do that has that disproportionately positive impact on the business that if you were to stop, the company would suffer? So why are these three questions so important? Well, let me share with you some information about this study. I told you about... Uh, the assessment that I went through. Well, that man, John Bradley with IDAC Consultants in Portland, Oregon, he asserted that when you reach your late 30s and early 40s, you become physiologically incapable of willing yourself to do work 
in excellence that you are not hardwired to do. It's like age, the way the body changes. If you are not doing work that you enjoy doing, that you're not hardwired to do and get fulfillment out of at least 60% of the time, even if you want to, you cannot produce optimal results. So it's super, super important that we understand that this work that we're doing, we've got to have positioned ourselves so that we are doing work every day that brings us fulfillment and joy. Number two, we want to do work that we succeed at. I want to be able to do the same thing that my employees do. They do a great job cutting, a great job templating, a great job closing the sale, a great job installing a job, a great job you know, finishing a material that was super difficult and challenging that the customer loves. There's that physical, tangible, finished product there that you get to go, I did that. I accomplished that. There's something there that I can point to as a result of all of my hard work and my effort. Well, the owner needs to do the same thing. You have got to be able at the end of the day go, I killed that. I did that well. In fact, I did it better than anybody else could do it. It is necessary for your mental, your spiritual well-being as an individual, as a human being on this earth, as an owner, that you do work, that you do well, that you get to point back to and say, I had a success too today. I contributed something significant to the business that made an impact. And number three, we need to keep in mind that X factor. Where is it? What's that role where, you know, if I just go out and spend two hours a day calling on remodeling contractors, maintaining that business, it can have a four, five, six, 10x impact where I could hire somebody to go do that work and on their best day working eight hours a day, they're never going to make the kind of impact that I can make as the owner of the company. And so I want to retain that work where I make that X factor, that multiplier in the business so I can position myself. So ladies and gentlemen, friends, fans, followers of the Fab Lab podcast, fellow stone shop owners, this is where I'm going. I am beginning to shift my mindset. I'm shifting my beliefs about what my role should be I'm also having to challenge my beliefs about what my role could be. What if my role only contained the work that I enjoy doing, that I do exceptionally well, and has that X factor impact on the business? And if I was able to delegate through effective delegation, the principles I talk about in my book, Less Chaos, More Cash, which by the way, if you visit AaronCrowley.com, you can download the first three chapters for free. And if you buy a hard copy, I'll sign it and personally address it to you. But back to our topic here, I want to strategically, purposefully, and intentionally position myself so that I can let go of the stuff that I don't like doing, I don't do particularly well, and doesn't bring a massive impact to the business. Why don't I hire or move, or transition, or delegate that work to somebody who all those questions are yes for that type of work. It's, you know, people talk about you know you got to get the right people on the bus, and then you got to get the people in the right seats on the bus. This is exactly what we're talking about here. So once we do that, once we begin to recognize and discover what it is that we do well, what it is we should be doing, what it is we might want to let go and let somebody else do, then we can begin to put that plan in place to make those changes so that we can essentially make the biggest impact on the success of our company as is possible. But as we wrap up here and kind of conclude this topic, I want to set up the next episode. I want to set up the next topic that we're going to discuss. I want to, I want to mention a couple of realities here. There are two components that are necessary to making these kind of changes. Whether it is consciously 
incorporating these questions into your decision making before you drift into that place or finding out how to get out of that place you may have already drifted, a couple of necessary components must be kept in mind. Number one, sometimes we need a third party. We need an outsider's perspective that isn't clouded by our own experience to make a more objective assessment of the situation that we're in. In some cases, as is often the case with me and my counselor, my coaches, my advisors, they just point it out. They just call me out. There's there's like no BS, no room for beating around the bush. And they know that I have given them permission to call me out when it is appropriate. Sometimes that is necessary for us to see what has gone on. Sometimes we can't see that on our own because we have blind spots that prevent us from seeing these things that we really need to understand so that we can make positive changes in our life. That's number one. Number two, it's understanding what beliefs that we may have held on to. What are some of the things that we have adopted? See, the fact that I found myself in the situation is also reflective of some long-held beliefs that I have had to begin to let go of. And I'm not going to mention those now in the conclusion of this episode, but they're going to be the beginning of our next episode as we discuss the role that beliefs have in our success and, quite frankly, the role that others can have in helping us observe those beliefs, discover those beliefs, unpack those beliefs so that we can make sure that they're not limiting us from accomplishing what we are capable of. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad that you tuned in. Make sure that you support our sponsor this week's No Lift Install System and make sure you tune in next week for the next episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. Until then, happy fabricating.